Hello and welcome back to Energy Scan Podcast, your weekly access to timely analysis and data on energy markets from top experts at NG Global Energy Management and Sales. This program is dedicated to exploring the weekly macroeconomic trends as well as focusing on the oil markets. We will be interviewing Olivier Gasnier, Senior Economist at NG Gems for Macroeconomic, Foreign Exchange and Oil Market Research. Hello, Olivier. We are in the middle of summer, but there is plenty of news on the market. Before talking about the week ahead, which looks set to be a busy one, can you give us an update on what happened last week? Hello, Nathalie. Yes, of course. First of all, there was a clear outperformance by the UK uh, equity market, coupled with a fall in the pound. There was also a fairly uh, sharp fall in the Chinese indices. On the bond markets, there was a divergence between the US and the Eurozone with uh, yields rising in the US and falling in Europe. There is also a marked uh, divergence in inflation expectations, which are rising much more in the US than in Germany. And finally, uh, the US dollar halted its downward slide and gained more than 1% over the week. Well, that's a lot of things. Let's go through it all again, starting with the UK. What's been going on? Uh, actually, the sharper than expected fall in inflation in June led uh, to a downward revision of uh, the Bank of England's uh, rate expectations, which was only slightly offset by the strength of retail sales in June. Inflation fell from 8.7% to 7.9% year-on-year, and its core component from 7.1% to 6.9%. The reaction to figures that were not really surprising given the impact of energy prices seems disproportionate. The markets are now only expected a 75 base point rise uh, in the Bank of England rates compared with 150 base point just a fortnight ago. It is true that the international environment is leaning towards a halt to rate rises, isn't it? Indeed. Fears of uh, deflation are dominating in China especially as the authorities do not seem ready to implement the stimulus measures that the markets have been hoping for for months. In the Eurozone, despite the upward division of core inflation in June, recent economic indicators are really worrying, starting with the PMIs uh, published this morning. 42.7 in industry and 38.8 in Germany. 51.1 in services. I remind you that 50 uh, is uh, the level between expansion and contraction of activity. Uh, the purchasing manager indices also fell in the UK. Even the most hawkish ECB members are now suggesting that a rate hike in September is by no means certain. And in the US, the Fed may well make its final rate hike this week. At least that's what the market thinks. They also believe that this end to monetary tightening will prevent a recession. You're right, but the facts continue to defy this scenario. On the one hand, retail sales, excluding components affected by strong price variations, rose by 0.6% in June, quite strong. Business sentiment in construction rose as well, and jobless claims fell back to 228k. On the other hand, 
the conference board leading indicator fell for the 15th month in a row, pointing more than ever to a recession in Fine. Perhaps this week's central bank meetings will give us a clearer picture. Absolutely. We have an extremely busy week ahead, culminating in the Fed, ECB and Bank of Japan meetings. That is, uh, as is usually the case, there is a little doubt as to the decision that will be taken, given that central banks always do their utmost to give the markets in order to avoid surprises, which are a source of high volatility. Bearing an unlikely major event in the meantime, it will be a 25 basis point increase in key rates on both sides of the Atlantic and no change for the BOJ. But that's not really what the markets are worried about, is it? Indeed, forward guidance is uh, much more uncertain. Although Jerome Powell has just warned that the Fed would not rule out raising rates again twice in a row, June's US inflation figures uh, seem to tip the balance in favor of a halt to rate hikes after July. But on the other hand, signs of uh, persistent tensions in the labor market, such as the uh, MTN's decline in jobless claims, can leave the Fed indifferent. As for the ECB, I've already said uh, the accumulation of signs of economic slowdown seems to be starting to make even the most hawkish ECB members doubt the need to continue raising rates. In the end, the question seems to be, can there be one more rate hike after July, but not more? It's not just central banks this week. GDP, inflation, surveys, we're definitely not on holiday. Uh, that's the least we can say. After PMIs in Europe that have continued to deteriorate, uh, will the IFO survey do the same in Germany? We are also expecting the first GDP growth figures for Q2 in the US and France, as well as the first inflation estimates for July in Germany and France. Okay, let's move on to oil. Prices continue to rise, don't they? Yes, uh, the oil market is gradually taking the measure of the announcements made by the OPEC plus producer countries, essentially Saudi Arabia and Russia, which have decided on substantial production cuts. The market will clearly be short of supply in Q3 and probably Q4, even if demand slows. The price of a barrel of Brent ending the week above $81 per barrel. However, China's recovery is disappointing and hopes of a stimulus plan have not materialized. That's true, but it doesn't matter in the end as China imported massive quantities of crude oil in the first half of the year, particularly from Russia in order to benefit from very low prices and build up its stocks. The same strategy was applied to coal. So why would Russian exports slow down? Firstly, because Russian oil prices temporarily broke through the fateful $60 per barrel barrier and the fear of international sanctions led importers in India in particular to diversify their sources of supply and turn more to Middle Eastern crude. The latest estimates of Russian exports confirmed a marked slowdown in recent weeks, but showed a decline of less less than 300 million barrels per day compared with uh, the February reference level. 
This remains a really short of the promise to cut production by 500 million barrels per day and then by a further 500 million barrels per day from August. So we can therefore probably expect a further substantial fall in uh, Russian oil exports. Thank you, Olivier. See you again next week before a short summer break. Uh, that's right, Nathalie. See you next week. Thank you, Olivier and Nathalie, for this clear insights. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. See you all next week for your weekly Energy Scan podcast. Stay up to date about energy market trends in no time, build market views with top quality data, and interact with experts to support your decision making. Visit energyscan.ng.com to learn more.